not, continue to pass it along. Um, but welcome back. Last week we, um, we were blessed with a, an incredible snowstorm. And never in my like, entire adulthood have I had a, uh, a church snow day. And it was nice. Um, I miss you all, um, and I hope you missed it. And um, it looks like, if nothing else, last week not having it maybe helped us out. And you were like, I gotta get, I gotta get to church. And so, um, thank you guys for being here. Um, if it's your first time or you haven't been here in a while, um, I want to let you know we are in the middle of a series that we started two weeks ago called "What's Your Word," where we are going to focus on a word for the year. It is what is your focus word for 2019. Sometimes at the end of the year, we can reflect and see what word was our word for the year, our reflective word for the year. But what we want to do over, um, over the next three weeks is identify different words that I hope will be your target word for 2019, the kind of thing that you say, hey, this is the focus of my year. And so um, last time we were together, the focus word was obedience. And so we're going to introduce a new word today. Um, the other thing that we are doing with this series to, to um, bring in the gifts and the skills that God has given some of you is we're incorporating artwork into this series. And so um, we have a new piece, um, as you can see this morning. Um, Anna Yingling um, did this incredible. Yeah, give it up for Anna. Thank you. And so what you may not be able to see. So I said, hey, what's the inspiration for this? Um, what, what is this? And what you may not be able to see, you can see that it's absolutely beautiful, but which each, what, what you don't realize maybe if you're not sitting in the front row is that each one of these pieces is a different seed. And so, um, so here you go. There it is for those of you in the back who aren't super tall. And so, um, it's also very heavy. Um, uh, so it's a bunch of seeds that create this mosaic. Am I right? Where, Anna, where you at? Where you at? It's a mosaic, right? Is that what it's considered? Okay, look at me talking artsy. Um, it's a mosaic that um, is absolutely beautiful. And so um, this is going to be our picture for today's word, which is growth. And so I have instructed these artists, um, the two that have presented their works already and the two that are to come, I instructed, I said, hey, here's your word. And whatever you think, whatever brings whatever God brings to your mind or whatever your artistic style brings to mind, I want you to just do that. And so I absolutely love the way that God has gifted um, all of us and the way that we get to put that on display. And so this um, piece this morning is growth. And so what I would encourage you to do, if you have a Bible, and I hope you do, if you don't, please look off your neighbor. Um, and if they don't, it's going to be on the screen. But go ahead and open up to the book of Hebrews. It's in the back. So if you look at mine, yours should be about the same. Um, same uh, ratios of thickness. It's, we're going to be in Hebrews. Um, find chapter 6, and then what we're going to do is we're going to go the last couple verses of chapter 5 and then into 6. And so this is Hebrews. Um, one thing about Hebrews um, is we don't know who wrote it. We are not fully certain of the author of Hebrews. But as we look into this this morning, I think this gives us a picture of what it looks like to pursue growth. I think it challenges us. There's going to be some things that are hard to navigate through, um, some things that will, it will take us to really focus in, to grasp it. And even after I've studied it this week, I still, don't, not, I still do not fully grasp everything that the, the author is encouraging us with and telling us. Uh, but as we navigate through it, I think it really points us to 
um, what growth looks like and what we must do to ensure that growth is happening in our lives. And so I trust that you're there. Um, like I said, look off of your own Bible, your neighbors. It'll be on the screen as well. But this is the author of Hebrews in chapter 5, verse 11 um, and into 6. says this, About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For, for, though, uh, for though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6 starts with this. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this, will be, and, and this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have, been tasted the hev- who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come. Verse 6 goes on to say this, and then, they ha- and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm, holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. Wraps up with these two verses. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It's a lot to grasp but we're going to dig into it. We're going to hopefully walk away from here this morning with a better understanding of what God's calling us to do through these pieces of Scripture. So will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this morning. Um, God, I thank you for the, for the break that you gave us last week. Unexpected, um, but Father, you knew what we needed, and so we're grateful for that. And So Lord, as we look into your word, I pray that you would identify in us if you are calling us to growth in 2019. Father, that, that we would... Um, take the, the, the incredible content of your word and we would apply it to our lives so that we would look back at the end of this year and say, wow, there's incredible growth because I was intentional with it. And so, Father, I pray that you would just um, be with me as, as we're navigating through this, Father. Um, I pray that you, would, um, that you would take my notes and wash them clean and put your words on top of them, um, that we would walk away from here inspired to action, not just inspired to um, happiness, but inspired to action that leads us um, to know who you are in a greater way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So um, one thing I'd love to, to, to show you, I have a, a buddy from high school. We don't keep in contact anymore other than, than Facebook, and I know that's for, for us old people. Um, but uh, I, was, I was buzzing through Facebook um, and found out that we, uh, his name is Brian, he and I, we played football in high school together, got to know each other um, through that, stayed in contact a little bit through college, but um, he went on to become a chiropractor. 
um, and a, uh, a power lifter. Um, so he's like a pretty strong dude. Um, he was strong in high school, but he's become even stronger. And so I've got a picture of him here. This, I, I saw this, and this is what Brian wrote yesterday. In the, um, and we got it. He says, four years ago, first 600-pound deadlift. That DL is deadlift. Um, and, it's, and it's on an axle. I have no idea what that means, but it must make him even stronger. Um, grip didn't hold up. Getting ready for the Arnold. So the Arnold Classic happens in Columbus. It's a big, it's like a world-renowned um, bodybuilder and strength competition. And it happens in Columbus. He says, getting ready for the Arnold in five weeks where we'll be doing 700 pounds for reps. Strength takes time. And so this is him saying this now, but he's referring back to um, five or four years prior where he did a one rep, 600 pound axle deadlift. And so what he's saying is it took him uh, four years ago, he was able to do that one time, and now he's getting ready for a competition where he will be doing 700 pounds multiple times for reps. And so he'll just continue to do them until he gets so tired and passes out. I don't know. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big weight, uh, I'm not a big like super muscle guy, but he's, as you can see from bulging muscles, four years ago, um, he is um, training. But the thing that really caught my mind and caught my eye is the last sentence that he said, strength takes time. And I'm going to take his quote, and I'm going to make it better because I think it applies better to all of us, and it's that growth takes time. Growth takes time, but you have to put in the time in order to grow. Growth takes time, but you have to put in the time in order to grow. And I think that's what the author of Hebrews is pointing at. As he's encouraging us this morning to, in fact, not grow stagnant in our faith, but to push forward and to pursue growth. So keep that in mind. Where, as if, if, if that's the thing that you say, hey, if you walk away from these four weeks that we've identified word and you say, God is pointing me in the direction of growth, know that it does take time. Like the reality, we see it all over the place. Like we see what growth looks like in a lot of different places in our lives and it takes time to grow. Like the most am amazing amount of growth is like for those of us who are dog people, Puppies grow at an incredible rate in their first year. They go from like this big to, for some dogs, like just massive, and they see incredible growth in the first year. But the reality is, it's not like you go to bed one night and wake up the next morning and your dog grew 10 times in size or even two times in size. It's still something that happens at a slow rate. And I think that's what we need to understand because I think a lot of times we say, I am going to pursue growth and we go, I am going to read my Bible every day and I am going to pray and I'm going to do this. And so day one, we get in our Bible and we read and this is, we go, this is awesome. I'm going to grow so much this year. And then we go day two, we're like, I'm, I'm going to grow. And we look in the mirror, we go, I don't see any difference. And we don't feel it right away. And we often tend to give up. But be encouraged by my buddy, Brian, that Strength takes time and be encouraged by the reality that growth takes time, but in order to grow, you have to put in the time. And so I think that's what the author is pointing at, especially in this first section here. Um, and so we'll jump back in. This is Hebrews chapter 5, um, verse 11, and this is uh, for us. So it says, about this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. 
And I think really what we need to understand is we're all at different places in our pursuit of a relationship with Jesus. Some of us have not even begun the race yet. Some of us are still skeptical. And if you're in that position this morning, that's okay. You are welcome here. You don't have to be all about Jesus to be a part of this. But know that there are some people who are here. It's my hope that a large portion of the people who are here are all about Jesus. But once again, we can be all about Jesus week one in our relationship with Jesus. We can be all about Jesus um, months into a relationship with him, years or maybe a lifetime. Maybe we look back and you go, I just remember as a, as a young child, I decided I would follow Jesus. And so what we need to understand is we are all at different places. But what, what we're speaking to here is those who have been pursuing Jesus, those who have been pursuing Jesus for some time. I don't know what that looks like to you, but I would say if you look at your relationship with Jesus and it is older than about nine months or one year, you should be experiencing growth. And the reason I give that is because as I look at my son, my youngest son, Judah, um, who is a little bit older than nine months, within the last couple weeks, we, uh, maybe a month or so, we've introduced solid foods to him. And so prior to that, he was all bottle fed, all milk, all um, I'm blanking on it. Uh, uh, formula. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and there was a season where that's all he ate, and that's what he needed to help him grow. But then he's gotten to this point where he is now needing the nutrients of solid foods. And so we have begun to introduce those to him. It's awesome to watch him eat these things he's never had before. Like he makes these cool faces, but he loves it. Like the thing that we have noticed is he's an eater. He's like his dad. He's an eater. And he loves solid food. And that's what the author is, is calling us out to. Because there's some of us in here who need milk. If I'm honest, we need milk because you're young in your faith. And that's okay. You're in a position where you go, I am young in my faith. And the milk that I need is the thing that satisfies me. And it's the thing that's helping me grow in my infant stages. There's nothing wrong with that. But what the author is calling out is those of us who find ourselves in here and say, I've had a relationship with Jesus. I made a decision to pursue Jesus and I've been pursuing him for longer than a year. And he's calling us out. He's calling you out. He's calling me out to say, hey, it's time to move beyond the milk and start to work into solid food. He says, you need milk, not solid food. In verse 12, he goes, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. Like there are some of us in here who have been following Jesus for our whole life. When you look back, you're like, I've been following Jesus for years now. And my challenge to you, that's coming straight from scripture, you need to be leading. Like you need to be saying, I am pursuing Jesus in such a way that like you, there should be some of you in here who go, Ryan, I'm looking for opportunities to lead. Like, I want to teach people. I'm done just simply consuming. I need to contribute to what's happening in God's kingdom. And this is somewhat of a call out for a lot of you in this room. I know that a lot of you, you've been pursuing Jesus for a while now. But when it comes to growth, you've kind of become stagnant because the milk tastes really good and the the solid food, it's kind of hard for me to, to navigate through. And so he says, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, 
since he is a child. And this is not to, this is not to um, come after new believers. Like you have, if you're a new believer, if you're beginning a relationship with Christ, or if you haven't started a relationship with Christ yet, and you're looking ahead, you're like, well, if, if I'm unskilled, here's the thing, it takes time. And so for those of you who go, man, I've got a new relationship with Jesus, develop the basic pieces of your faith. He goes on to explain what those are here in a minute. It says 14, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So there's some of you in here who have a relationship with Jesus, and what he's saying is, hey, you need to be going out into the world, and you need to be living in a way that you know I am mature enough to handle some of the situations of life. When I enter into a conversation with a friend who says that God doesn't exist, or a friend who says that, um, I don't know, whatever it is, you can tell me what you're experiencing. When you find yourself, you are able to say, hey, that's a wise choice, that's not a wise choice. I can discern good from evil. Where some of those who are younger have not gotten there yet. It says, but solid food is for the mature. That's what we should strive for. Here's what I know. It's my hope. I know, and we may have some vegetarians in here, so I apologize. But I would much rather have a nice cowboy cut tomahawk ribeye than a glass of milk. You know what I mean? Like milk's good, but that ribeye is something extra. It's something else. He says that's what we should, that's what we should long for. Solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Constant practice. Here's what I know. For Brian to get ready for the Arnold and to, to put 700 pounds on an axle bar thing and to rep that out, like repping it out, it's not like that means he's going to just do it multiple times. It has taken constant practice. I see videos of him in the gym all the time, just lifting ridiculous amounts of weight. And it takes constant practice and it's the same in our relationship and our walk and our, our, our engagement with Jesus. Like if you're on milk and you're like, Ryan, I'm a new believer, the way to get to solid food, solid food is constant practice. We see that in here. So that we may distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6 starts with this. He says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. So don't, don't get this mixed up. It's not saying leave Christ. It says the elementary doctrine of Christ. Those things that we learn early. Those things that we, that we learn early. And he's saying, go out on the journey. Don't leave them behind and say, I'm abandoning them. What he's saying is, begin the journey of doing life with Jesus. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. There was a day where all of you left fifth grade, you left elementary, and you went on to middle school. And it may have been hard. For some of you, it was like, that was the hardest transition of my life. For some of you, you're like, I'm a freshman or I've been a freshman, and that was the hardest transition of my life. And for those of you who are going to college, that's a really hard transition. But we're not there yet, so don't worry about that. <clears throat> it says, therefore, let us leave elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, an instruction about washings and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And these will do if God permits. Really what he's saying here, what the author is saying here, is that those things that we've established, that we've learned, like we've already built a foundation 
All of you have taken foundational math courses. At one point, I know it's really hard for you to remember, but at one point, you did not know that two plus two equaled four. Believe it or not, there was a moment in your life, there, was a, there were years in your life where like, I could walk up to my daughter, Finley, and I could go, hey, sweetheart, what's two plus two? And I don't know if she'd get it right because she's not there yet. She may be able to figure it out, but if I asked any one of you in here, I said two plus two, everyone would know it's four. 10 plus 10. There we go. Here we go. We're going to go. We're going to go 100 times 100. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe we haven't laid the foundation yet. I don't know. In math, I'm hoping that you're so focused on your relationship with Jesus that you're like, no time for math. But that's the reality. You've laid these foundations in your life. And these foundations are not strictly to academics, it's everywhere. There was a time where you didn't know how to tie your shoe. Like there was a moment where you did not know how to feed yourself. Like there, for some of you who may even have your driver's license, you still don't know how to drive. Like you, we lay these foundations. And so this idea is not, it's not new. It's not something that's strictly to our relationship with Jesus. We lay foundations all the time. But here's what I know. Some of you have your driver's license and the foundation for your driver's license was your learning permit and driver's ed. That was the foundation that was laid. Maybe it was your parents taking you to a parking lot, very much like the churches, and saying, hey, hop behind the wheel, and you're going to learn the beginning stages of driving. You were laying a foundation. But here's what I know. The things that you addressed in early stages of math, you don't, like, for those of you who are taking pre-calc and calculus, and all those things, there's very rarely a moment, I don't think, I don't know, I didn't take those, I wasn't smart enough. Um, I don't think in calculus you add two to two very often. Like you put those behind, you put simple addition behind you so that you could move on to those things that are more advanced to develop you. And so that's what, that's what we need to do as we're growing in our relationship with Christ. And so these, these early foundational doctrines that he, he speaks to, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead, from dead works, and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washing, laying of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Like, that should not be your primary pursuit. And these things are, are um, he's writing to, obviously, a Hebrew audience who knows the Old Testament and are so focused on the law that they're doing these these, these kinds of things, they're laying a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings and laying these rituals that they had to be a part of. And I think the one thing I want to point out there, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. I think what he's saying there is for all of us, because here's the thing, it is not, I would say it is not a problem to make a mistake for the first time. When it becomes a problem is when you make the same mistake over and over and over again. When you fall into the same sins over and over and over again, and you turn and you repent and you say, God, I'm not going to do these things anymore, and you constantly go back to them, and you do not really find true repentance, because true repentance, repent, means to turn, means to change your mind. And so, like, it, it could be as simple as, like, I went to Dunkin' Donuts, um, and I ordered a donut, and then I repented, and I didn't eat the donut. Like, I changed my mind. Like, I don't want the donut anymore. 
Okay, so that's repentance. I, we, we, it's, it's these big lofty words. I want to bring it back down to your level so that you understand like repentance is not quite as big of a concept as we can make it. It's just literally it means to change your mind. I was going to go you know, to Skymax, but I repented and I went to the movies. So it's just a funny way to put it. But that's what it is. It's saying to, to not constantly repent and say, I'm not going to do this same thing over and over again. What it is is saying, I'm not going to do that, and it's turning, and it's living in a lifestyle, and living in a way which you don't go back to old habits, old routines, and you press on. And the reality is, usually what I've found in my relationship with Jesus is I find as I grow, I am holding on to this thing that Jesus is calling me to not pursue. And as soon as I let go of it, he, takes, he, he, he leads me to a new place where I find another thing that I have an even stronger grip on that I want to be a part of or I want to do or that's sinful, whatever. It brings it to my mind. I would have never seen it had I not given this up and pursued Jesus in a new way. And so I go here and I find that. And because Jesus is calling me to, I let that go and I don't pursue it anymore. And I take another step forward and I find another thing. And that's the process of growing your relationship with Jesus. That's the process of growing in what we call righteousness, which means to become more like Jesus, we find that there's things that we're holding on to. And as we continue on our path and we give up things and we pursue Jesus, we find another thing that has our heart that we need to give up so that we can give our heart in a greater and new way to Jesus. And so he's saying just that. Let's not find ourselves find ourselves saying, hey, I'm holding on to this. Okay, let it go. And I take a step forward, but I reach back and I grab that thing again and I put it in my life. He's saying, let's not do that. Like those who are spiritually mature, those who are pursuing growth, they pursue Jesus and they let go of those things and they, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're able to find that they're growing in the relationship with Jesus and letting go of these things that they thought they used to want. But as we grow closer to Jesus, we realize he's better than anything else. And so we're, we're willing to give up these things. And so he says, to leave those elementary doctrines. And in verse three, he says, and um, and this we will do if God permits, because there will be moments in our lives where you are in calculus class, and you do get to the point where you go, oh, I am adding two plus two. I don't know if that ever happens, so I might be completely wrong. But you get to the point where you go, oh, this is something that I learned years ago in algebra or in pre-algebra or in geometry, and you are encountering that, and you don't have to spend much time on that because you just know what you need to do in that moment. And that's what he's saying here is there will be times that God permits these elementary doctrines to come up that we just go, I know exactly what I need to do in this situation as I'm pursuing the things that build maturity and pursue growth. And he goes on to say, for it's impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. And this is a hard piece of scripture. Like, this is where I wrestled. This is where I wrestled all week, because like, I don't want you to walk away from here saying, hey, if I'm pursuing Jesus and I give my life to Jesus and I pursue him, I can lose my salvation. No, no, no. Know that you are secure. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the savior of the universe, that he is the Christ, that he's the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. If you believe that, there is nothing, it says in scripture, there is nothing that can snatch you out of Jesus' hand. You are secure in that. You have a relationship with Jesus. 
chase after that. There is nothing. If you are secure in Jesus, there is nothing that can pull you away. But as I read this, it can be hard. Like, know that that is truth, and I will speak through some of my confusion. Hopefully, it brings to light the reality of this. And so it says, it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and have fallen away to restore them against those that have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. What this is saying is those people, so there's a fancy word for this, it's called apostasy. An apostasy means to reject and to turn away and to live in the opposite way of a decision that you made. It's a direct saying, I am not doing that anymore. And this apostasy is those who turn from Jesus and say, I want nothing to do with him. I want nothing to do at all. I don't care about the consequences. I want to renounce my faith. I don't believe in Jesus at all. And I think um, what we need to realize is if you are finding yourself, one of the things that really helped me grasp this, because I think that can create confusion and fear in some of us, but Ryan, you just said, there's nothing that can snatch me from the hand of Jesus. If there is question in your mind, like fear that that may happen, you are not to apostasy yet. Apostasy would find themselves saying, I don't care about the consequences. I'm going to walk away because that's not real. I don't believe it. And so if you find yourself saying, I, I'm afraid that I sinned and it causes that fear is the thing that's keeping you in check and helping you realize, no, I am secure in Jesus. Like I am secure in who he is. I think the best example we can have of this, and this helps bring to light, like what it looks like to live this life is Judas Iscariot. He was one of the 12 disciples. He did ministry with Jesus. It says there were times where he cast out demons and he looked like a disciple. But when it came time, the most important time of all, he's like, I'm out. I'm selling Jesus out. I never really believed in who he was anyways. And so that's a kind of an idea of what this looks like. And here's the hard part. It's a hard issue. There can be fruit that's developed just by the goodness of God in those who believe in Jesus and those who do not. Like There are great things that happen in this world from believers and non-believers alike, but it's a heart issue. It comes back to what is your relationship with Jesus look like? What does your relationship with Jesus look like? And that's the kind of thing that helps us understand that we need to grow and we need to pursue Jesus. And this is the kind of thing that we go, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that because I know that I am following Jesus. And so I don't have to worry about falling away because I know that I'm secure in his hand. And he gives us this, this, this great metaphor, this parable of what it looks like. For the land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it. And this, so the rain comes down and it falls on the land and the, the, the soil, the land drinks it up and it produces a crop useful to the, uh, for whose sake it is cultivated. It produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. And so part of this is like identifying the fruit that you're producing in your life. Like as you're per- pursuing growth, what are the things that you see? And like I said, it's probably not overnight. But here's what I know. As we look to, to my buddy Brian, he sees growth. He sees that four years ago it was 600 pounds one time, 
and he sees today, four years later, 700 pounds a bunch of times. I don't know about you, but quick math tells me that's 100 pounds, and 100 pounds ain't light. And one versus repping it out, for those of you who are weightlifters, you understand that in itself is something difficult. And so what we need to do is we need to look back and we need to observe growth in the past. And here's what I, what I can guarantee you. Like right now, as you're learning new things in your academics or in God's word or in sports or wherever it is that you're growing, you probably can't look back and go, I've seen growth, incredible growth, like, like sustainable growth over the last week or month. But maybe you can look back to where you were last year. All of these artists at one point, they were not as skilled as they are now. Like I, I, don't, I don't even know how many times you had to go through it. Like at one point, the best that Anna could do was a stick figure that didn't even look like a stick figure. It was just kind of like scribbles. But now we have this. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm certain if she continues to grow and if she continues to pursue art or whatever it is that we're pursuing, hopefully in for, it's, the, it's the foremost is our relationship with Jesus. She'll look back in a year or two or three or 10 or 20 or 50 and go, while I'm looking at this, I'm like, that is amazing. Maybe she'll look back and go, you know what? There's a lot of things that I could probably do to make that even better because she's grown in that. But next week, when she comes in here and if she sees it, she's going to go, it's pretty good. Like, that's me. I did that. You know what I mean? And that's what it is in our relationship with Jesus. But it says, the land has drunk up the rain. For the land that has drunk up the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop that's useful for those uh, for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. And so when you're, when, when you're receiving this fruit, God's looking down and he's, he's giving you blessings. There's blessings that you may see and there's blessings that you may not see. And the ultimate blessing comes when we leave this earth and we go to spend eternity with Jesus. But we receive blessings but if it bears thorns and thistle, it is worthless and near to being cursed. In its end, it is to be burned. And so, really, it's what are we doing with our lives? How are we pursuing growth? Because here's the thing. Growth happens. There was a point where there was not thorns and thistles, and there was some growth needed to produce those. But there was even greater growth needed to produce the, the kind of crop that is useful to those whose sake it is cultivated. There is greater growth needed for fruit than there is for thistle and weed. Verse 9 says, Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things. So this is like a, like a, a fear not moment. Like if you are sitting here this morning and you go, Man, I'm, per, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing after Jesus. Like, I, I want to grow in a significant way this year. Maybe you know what you need to do. Maybe it's time to begin to stretch yourself, pull yourself away from just saying, hey, I'm just going to read one verse a day and do the five-minute devotion thing, and I'm not really going to be super involved. I'm just going to do the basic things, and I constantly go back to the, to, the, to the stories, the foundational stories of God's word. Like when I, when I go into the Bible, I read about Noah and I read about Adam and Eve and I read about these, these, these things that I've learned multiple times before because that's where I'm comfortable. Like know that it's time to begin to stretch yourself. 
Know that it's time, if, if, if God is calling you to growth in 2019, know that it is time to begin to stretch yourself. And I know that we have some incredible cross-country runners in here. And here's what, I, here's what else I know. For you to get better, you have to put yourself in a position where your muscles hurt and your lungs are burning so that you can get to a point where you've never been before and run at a rate where your lungs aren't burning and your muscles aren't feeling it. Like the reality is, is Brian had to eventually put more weight on the bar. Like the reality of our lives is right now, I can do one push-up. I'm not going to show you, but just trust that I can. I can do a push-up. I'm pretty sure I can do 10 push-ups. But the way that I get to 100 push-ups is to do more than 10 push-ups every day. Get to the point where my muscles are burning. Get to the point where I can't do another one. And I continue to go to that point because eventually what starts to happen is my 16 turns into 16 and a half and then it turns into 17 and I continue to grow. But what I'm doing is I have to put myself in a position where it is uncomfortable, where I am doing things that I've never done before. And that's the way it is in our relationship with Jesus. As we pursue growth, we have to put ourselves in a position where we wrestle. Like this, if I'm honest, I honestly think that this is the hardest piece of scripture I've ever had to teach through. It stretches me. It stretches me internally in my relationship with Jesus. It makes me go, I'm not like I gotta, I gotta wrestle with this. I gotta understand this. And then it's even harder to, to begin the process to try and communicate it to you guys. And so I'm, and here's the thing, I truly believe the next year, five years down the road, in 10 years when I'm 60, that I come back to this and I read it and I go, I understand a little bit better, but I'm still working on it. And it's the same way as we pursue growth. It's something that is not easy. It's something that you need to put the time in in order to grow. Growth takes time, but you have to put in the time to grow. Says this, as he wraps up, though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. And so what they're saying here is like, hey, I know that may have been some hard stuff to navigate through. What, I ju what you just heard from me was hard. But hey, there are a lot of us in here who can say, yes, I'm pursuing Jesus. I am going after him. And so those things that we just talked about, let those be an encouragement that you grow in your relationship with Jesus in a greater way, but know that you are doing great things for the name of Jesus, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work. Here's what I promise you. If you're pursuing God, if you're pursuing growth, if you are chasing after Jesus, God will not overlook that. He will see it, he will make note, and he will provide blessings into your life. Now, it's not always the blessing that we hope for. Like, here's the thing. You can say, I'm pursuing Jesus with everything in my life. It doesn't guarantee that you're gonna be filthy rich one day. It may mean that you're poor financially. 
It may mean for some of you, like here's the thing, pursuing Jesus every single day does not guarantee that you will be married one day, does not guarantee that you will have a family one day. But what it does guarantee is that God will bless you in ways that you need, not necessarily ways that you want, and you will receive an incredible blessing when you enter from this life into eternity. God takes note and he delivers blessings to each and every one of us because of our faithful pursuit of him. But it doesn't always happen in our way or in our timing, but blessings come. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. One of the ways we grow is we serve one another. And that looks like a lot of different things. But for some of you, it's at 9 o'clock. That means you're in there taking care of my children. There's some of you in here who take care of my kids. God bless you, especially those of you who are hanging out with Colden. God bless you. There are some of you, the way that you find yourself to serve the saints is you look, you're just standing here. You're going, hey, you see your friends walking. You go, I, don't ha- I, I, I love you, but I don't have time because I'm waiting for somebody new to walk in here so that I can serve them and make them feel welcome. I know there's some of you in here this morning that saw someone who's new and you said, you know what? Hey, I love you, girl, bud. I love you, but I'm going to go. You can come with me, but know that I'm not talking to you. I'm going to engage them so that they feel welcome. That's the way that you're serving the saints. We saw a display of of students who have incredible gifts musically and vocally who are serving the saints. They're serving us. This is one of the ways that you grow. We have been blessed this morning because there are students in here who have an artistic gift and they are serving us to give us a visual aid of what growth looks like. And each one of these little seeds can produce growth. And we're able to see that and we're able to feel it. Like, like, that's the cool thing about mosaics. They like pop out. I think that's right. I don't know. I'm not an artist. But that's it. One of the ways we do this is we keep it up. I think sometimes we hang our hats on like, oh, I did that last week. Or, oh man, I, I did that thing last summer. So I'm like good for a while. No, it's a continual serving of the saints. It wraps up with this. And I'll finish with this. It's verse 11. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope until the end. Like as you pursue these things, your hope grows. You're assured of it. As like you're pursuing these things, you're like, yep, nobody can snatch me from Jesus' hand. I am pursuing him. I'm seeing incredible things happen in the lives of those who I'm serving. I'm seeing incredible things happen in my life. I'm going to continue these. My hope is secure in Jesus so that you may not be sluggish. Don't let up. Don't. And this one? Don't take your foot off the gas pedal so that we may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, the promises of God. Come to us as we imitate what Jesus did. As we live a life like Jesus lived, we are assured of the promise. We grow in faith and we grow in patience And through that, we inherit, we gain the blessings and the promises of God. And that's why we need to pursue growth so that we can experience the blessings and the inheritance of God, the things that he has promised us. I want to receive those. I want all of you to receive the the promises that God has made to us. And the way that we do this is we pursue him every day, even when it's hard, when it stretches us and it makes us uncomfortable and it's difficult. And so maybe as we've 
spent the last few minutes together, God has identified that he wants you to pursue growth in 2019. If you're not there, you're like, Ryan, I didn't, nope, I didn't feel that. That's okay. We got two more words coming. And maybe he identified obedience in you two weeks ago. That's okay. But for those of you who say, yes, God is pushing me towards growth in 2019. That is my focus, my target. That's what I'm aiming at. That's what I'm shooting at. That's what I'm pursuing every day for 2019. My question is, what is the specific thing that he's calling to you in growth? For some of you, you're like, man, you know what? I gotta get off of the, the milk that I was brought up on. I need to get into some of the some of the more advanced, that's a bad word, advanced pieces of scripture. Like I need to get in and I need to wrestle with some things. I need to get out of outside of the, the place where I'm comfortable, like the, the foundational stories or or the gospels. Maybe I need to branch out and I need to start reading a new part of scripture. Maybe that's what it is for you. Maybe for some of you, you go, hey, the thing I need to do to grow and be obedient is I need voices in my life that are going to point me in the right direction. I need to pursue greater relationships with mature believers so that they can help me see what I'm missing. Maybe for some of you, it's like, hey, God is calling me to cultivate and to serve his kingdom, and I need to be a part of a missions trip this summer, whether it's in Mississippi or Mexico or maybe a place that God is calling you to go and serve on your own. Maybe you're saying, hey, I need to get myself uncomfortable. I don't know if my friends are going to Mississippi. I don't know if my friends or my family or my small group leader is going to Mexico, but I need to be obedient and I need to pursue growth. And the way that I am going to be stretched is to be in an environment where I might not be fully comfortable. I'm not gonna talk to my friends. I'm gonna tell them after I sign up. I'm just gonna be obedient. I'm gonna follow God as I pursue this growth in these areas. And then for some of you, maybe you go, you know what, this is a, this is a moment where I've had a relationship with Jesus for a while and I need to get past the milk and I need to pursue solid food. And the way that I'm going to begin to do that is I need to take a next step, something that I'm uncomfortable with, but I need to pursue Jesus to show myself and to show others that I am going to go after growth. And maybe for you, that is baptism. Maybe for some of you in here, you're like, I am scared to death to stand in a tank with a thousand plus people in front of me and declare that I am following Jesus, like that's scary for me, but maybe that's the stretch that you need that God is gonna show you something from that. All of these opportunities are available to get into God's word, to have a person in your life who will lead you in maturity, to go be a part of something where you're serving the kingdom that may not seem comfortable. Here's what I know, in Mississippi and in Mexico in the summer, it is hot, it is downright uncomfortable, just in the heat. Maybe you're like, I'm a cold-blooded person and I can't handle that. Maybe God's calling you to that. Maybe it's to declare your relationship with Jesus that you've established. Now to put it on the, put it on the front lines and say, hey, I'm going to live my life following Jesus. And I want everyone in here to know that so you can keep me accountable for the things that pop up on my Instagram, for the life that I'm living on the weekends, for the life that I'm living on the field or in the classroom or in my locker, or the life that I'm living when no one's around. Maybe it's time to put that up and say, you know what, this is gonna be hard, it's gonna stretch me, but I need to pursue growth in 2019. And the way that I do that is blank, fill in the blank. We see it. For those of you who 
have any significant time in a relationship with Jesus. Like, guys, move away from milk. Judah, Judah wouldn't, would never grow if we never moved him. He would just be, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what he would look like. But what I know is he's beginning to crawl now. And one day, shortly down the road, he'll begin to walk. And I know that it's because of the solid food that he's receiving, the nutrients that he gets, the, the nutrition that he gets from the solid food, the sustenance that he gets from the thing that he needs, not necessarily that he wants. It's helping him grow and develop to the point where I am excited for the day, God willing, that he says, Daddy, because he's getting what he needs, not necessarily just what he wants. And so what does that look like for you? I hope that, that God has shown you maybe a word that you're pursuing. I hope that if it's growth, I pray that you would talk to me. Maybe you have questions. There are adults in here that find, find themselves saying, I want to help these people out. And so talk to them, talk to me. If you're like, I want to grow, but I don't know where it is, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee, frappuccino, I don't know, whatever your thing is. And let's talk about what it looks like for you to pursue growth. Maybe it's in a missions field. Maybe it's here in a serving capacity. Maybe it's just saying, I need to get into God's word with some things that are not easy. And there's some of you who find yourself saying, I'm, I'm not even born yet. What do I do? I don't, I don't, I can't grow if I'm, if I'm not in a relationship with Jesus. I, I don't, I'm not even a spiritual infant. It just doesn't exist. There's opportunity for you as well. Like here today, this morning, an opportunity for you to enter into a relationship with Jesus. The God man who loves each and every one of us so much that he came to this earth, put on flesh and bone, a God, fully God and fully man. And he came and he lived his life and he went to the cross, not because of sins that he committed, but because of the sins that we ourselves have committed. And he willingly gave up his life for you and for me and for the person to the right of you, to the left of you, in front and in back, and all around the world. He gave up his life for each and every one of us so that we can be right with him. And if you find yourself this morning saying, man, I'm, this, this talk of growth, I'm, I want that, but I can't grow because I'm not in a relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you, please, please talk to me. Talk to an adult. If you have a friend that brought you here today, please talk to them so that you can find the, the blessings that God is offering us in this life, but even beyond. I hope that if God has spoken to you, I pray that in 2019, you will look out and you'll say, I am going to grow this year. I'm going to pursue Jesus in a way that it creates and cultivates growth and bears incredible things in my life and in the lives of those who I interact with. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for the growth that you allow us to experience. I thank you that we can look back and we can see growth. But Father, I pray we just don't hang our hat on those small victories, but that we press on towards greater victories where we grow in our relationship with you and we see you do things in our lives that we never imagined possible, that we look back on our high school years and we go, those were foundational moments, but I'm moving on beyond that to pursue Jesus, to grow every single day, to look back and to experience growth that leads me to new things for Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for Jesus thank you for all the love that you have for us. 
We thank you that you call us to places that we're not comfortable with. But when we get there, we see that you're there. It's stretching us. And it causes us to something even bigger that we're even more afraid of. But we know that you're there. You're continuing to call us. We thank you for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.